you in five years, week three. And God has a word for us this morning. Amen. For the past um, two weeks, we looked at two different things. The, on week one, we, I spoke to you on the title, The Life You Get Stuck With. If you don't make certain choice today and right now, the life that you have is just going to be an exaggerated version in the next five years. You can't just expect something amazing to happen overnight. Whatever you sow right now is what you're going to receive in next five years. A lot of times the problem is that most of us underestimate what we can do long term and we overestimate what we can do short term. So the heart of this series, the heart of this message is that we all make choices in a way that God will move in our lives. God will, you know, prepare us towards the divine destiny that he has for our lives. Week two, we saw in the absence of a crisis, crisis changes us. 2020 and 21 is still a perfect example of what happened to everybody, everybody in this room, everybody out there, whether you're poor, rich, whoever you are, crisis changed your life whether you liked it or not so we all adapted to this crisis and we all quickly changed some things that we said we will do in five years or some things that you said that i will do uh, maybe a few months later you said to yourself this is the time because corona is here you would have never imagined or thought that you would have college or school from home for the entire academic year. Now that wouldn't, would have taken at least another 10 years maybe to happen in India for sure. And Corona made it happen. Thank you, Mr. Corona. It made it happen. We all quickly changed. We all started to make investments into things, into technology. We as a church, we had to quickly adapt to certain things and change. Crisis forces you to change. But what happens when there is no crisis? What happens when Corona leaves and things are getting better and you're healing and all these things are happening? What happens then? What will motivate you to change? And we learned that we had to make some drastic actions whether there is crisis or no crisis. We got to take some drastic actions in our life towards change. We got to have a steady progression in our life so that everything that you are doing today, you will receive and harvest back. Amen. This morning, I want to speak to you on this title. And if you are taking notes, which you should be taking notes because it's really, really helpful. And those who are watching online, please make sure that you are writing things down. It really helps for you to, when you go back and take a look at it, you know, it really helps your life. The title of the sermon this morning is, Too Small to Fail. Too Small to Fail. Even a journey of thousand miles takes one step to start with this is a chinese proverb it says even a journey of thousand miles takes one step to start with the problem is many of us want change many of us want to see great things happen in our life but we all struggle to make that one step that one step of waking up early 
that one step of putting on your running shoes that one step of of kneeling down to pray that one step of saying today i'm going to try at least to read one chapter from the bible that one step that one step is where things get hard i want us to turn our bibles to deuteronomy chapter 7 and um we're going to be in that passage from verse 17 to 23 deuteronomy chapter 7 from verse 17 to 23 but just to give you a little background of what this is hap- what is happening here in deuteronomy 7 just to go all the way back so that you can have a little catch up how many of you remember father abraham yes great everybody knows abraham so abraham god gave him a great promise you know he took him out of his tent he asked him to look at the sky and abraham was like so excited as like i love stars great but then god gave him a promise saying like hey your name means father and i am going to give you generations as numerous as the star one of the most amazing promises that anybody could ever have and abraham was identified his name itself meant father but the life that he was living was just the opposite he was really old and he had no children sometimes you could have an identity but still not step into it and you're waiting for it and all you have is that one promise that you're hanging on to and because of that one promise because of that one word you're hanging on trusting to god trusting in god and praying to god but then as we wait and wait and wait we don't see anything happen we stop praying we stop worshiping we give up too quick because the miracle that we expected to happen didn't happen as quick as we wanted it to happen god said I will give you a promise he didn't say when he didn't say when and he doesn't have to the reason he doesn't have to is because everything happens in his time all we need to do is stay faithful look at the person next to you look at them and tell them stay faithful stay faithful everybody online you can type in the chat stay faithful and abraham was given that amazing promise and this passage what's happening is fast forward from abraham you know the people are now nearing that generation of abraham gone through a lot of process you know come to moses and they're now nearing their promised land and as they are coming towards the promised land it is like almost a pep talk that a football coach would give to his team in a locker room And I'm sure you would have seen that in a lot of American movies where they give like a big pep talk and they're banging the locker room door and they're like, "Oh, let's do this. Let's go get them." And this is almost like God giving a pep talk to the Israelites before they go into the promised land because God knew what was going to come is going to be really hard. So if God is giving you a pep talk, you will be jumping up and down, but just remember it's going to get hard but the promise that he gives is not just a pep talk like a football coach it's actually real talk because he is going to see you through 
The difference between the football coach and God is that the football coach can't get into the field with his players, but God can. He will be with you. His presence will be with you in the battleground. He sustains you while you're going through things. Somebody shout amen. Amen. He is with us. So Deuteronomy chapter 7 from verse 17, this is what is happening. Perhaps you will think to yourselves, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, perhaps you will think to yourselves, how can we ever conquer these nations that are so much more powerful than we are? This is what they're thinking. Even though they have the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, but still they're looking at the enemies and they're thinking, they're too much, they're so powerful. At verse 18 it says, God says, but don't be afraid of them. Just remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all the land of Egypt. Look at the person next to you and tell them, just remember. Just remember. Just remember. People online, type in, just remember. Do you remember the time when you were nobody living in the depths of sin and shame and guilt and poverty when you had nobody who would attend to you when there was nobody who would you know even listen to you do you remember the God who picked you out of the miry clay and put your foot on the rock to stay his salvation raised us up his cross lifted our countenance so that when people see he they see the glory of the Lord in you the glory of the Lord in you just remember verse 19 remember the great terrors the Lord your God sent against them now God is like just showing up remember guys you know all the terrors that they went through you saw it all with your own eyes and remember the miraculous signs and wonders and the strong hand and powerful arm with which he brought you out of Egypt the Lord your God will use the same power against all the people you fear. By this time, this is almost like that scene from Troy where all the soldiers are screaming, Ah, let's go get them. Everybody is so pumped because they're like, Yes, I remember that when, when, when Pharaoh was like, you know, totally scared of us. I remember the time when all the pestilence came. I remember those times. Now they're all geared up. It's getting dramatic. The Israelites are all screaming out. You know, they are praising God, worshiping God. We're like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. And verse 20, it says, And then the Lord your God will send terror. Verse 21, people are still screaming and worshiping God. And verse 21, it says, No, do not be afraid of those nations. For the Lord your God is among you. And he is a great and awesome God and everybody clapped and shouted and screamed just like you they did but watch what happens in the next verse this is where God gets weird for us he then he says verse 22 with all the same tone and everybody just screaming and praising God then God says the Lord your God will drive those nations out ahead of you little by little what did he just say little by little with all that 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 reminder of what he has done in the past and now he's saying 
He did not say, I will wipe them out. Now that's what we want to hear. That's what we want to know that, that He will wipe everything out. He will just open all the doors for your life at the same time. That you get married and then you go to America and then you become a citizen by afternoon before you have lunch. Praise be to God. I don't know who. <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. Somebody receive it. We want everything to happen instantly. We want everything to happen together. Because God has promised. God has said it. He's all powerful. He's all glorious. He's just said it. Do not be afraid of those nations. For the Lord your God is among you. He is a great and awesome God. If He is a great and awesome God, why things are happening little by little? The, the, the thing is, many of us stop at verse 21. You know what? That's good right there. He's an awesome God. I'm just going to walk out of my prayer room right now. I do, I'm not even going to look at verse 22. I can't just handle that right now, God. Just give me some time. I will come back to it. I can't just handle this thought of things happening little by little. Why is all my prayers not answered? Uh, hello, if you would just read the next verse. Why did God say that? He says, you will not clear them away all at once. Otherwise, it will be like the I Am The Legend movie where Will Smith will be walking across a lot of zombies that is in my version otherwise the wild animals would multiply too quickly for you imagine a world totally wiped out it says in verse 23 the beast the beast will come out they will they will be too numerous that you can't handle the beast so God is saying we will take them out little by little are you still with me are you still with me do you still want to worship a God who does miracles in your life little by little? He will still leave some enemies hanging around in your life. He will still leave some thorns. He will still leave some negativity. He will leave some pain still in your life because he's dealing with it little by little. Through that time of dealing with little by little, He's still an awesome God. He's still the mighty God. He knows what is best for us. Do you want to know why God does this? Do you, know, do you want to know why God, you know, does things little by little? I prayed for five hours and God, you know, just, He didn't, add, he didn't even answer it. It's been five years. Little by little. You know why? Write this down. God will not allow you to obtain your blessing until you learn to maintain it. We are too focused on obtaining our promised land, but the Israelites had no clue how to maintain the promised land. 
God will not allow your prayers to be answered right away, everything done in one go just because you did a 21 days of fasting prayer. Does that mean we stop our prayer? Does it mean we stop our fasting? No, we don't. We keep going and going and going every day, one step at a time, one prayer at a time, one worship at a time, one Sunday at a time. We keep going because what God is doing is that He is teaching us to maintain what we are about to obtain. We are too focused on the blessing that we need to get, that when it's in our hands, we don't know how to maintain it. It's easy to achieve it. But can you keep on? Can you keep on with your success? Can you keep on with your blessing? I heard a story where one guy just got a lot of money put together. He was just a normal guy, but he loved a BMW car. So he's, he said, I'm going to buy a BMW car in second hand. And, and he found out that he can buy a, a BMW that is, the new one is 60 lakhs. But if he can put enough money together, he can buy it in 20 or 25. So he put a lot of money together. He kept putting it together, kept putting it together. He even sold his old ambassador car. And then eventually one day he woke up, walked in to the dealership and bought himself this nice white BMW. And then as he was getting into the car, he's sitting in the car, put on the music. Our God is awesome. He can get me BMW. You know, he's just loving it. He just did not see the milkman crossing the road with his cans and in the cycle. And he just goes and hits him. And then he comes out to see that there was a dent in the BMW. Now the problem is that he obtained the BMW. He did not know how to maintain it. That he took the BMW to his old mechanic that used to fix his ambassador car. And he looked at it. And he said, sir, this thing, if we need to fix it, just to fix that, you need more money than your two ambassador cars. He said, okay, park it here. I will come back 20 years later. The problem is we are too eager to arrive at something before we even learn to maintain the little things that God has blessed us with. If you can't look after your one bedroom, what house, your apartment, your room, if you can't even take care of the bed that you wake up from, you will do exactly the same when God blesses you with a 10 bedroom house and all 10 bedrooms will be messy. Somebody say amen. Nobody would say amen to this. That's the truth. You would say, if only I had a big kitchen, if only I had more money, if only I had a better car, if only I had no, you would only be more messier. You'd only be more stingy. If you don't practice generosity with your 10 rupees, you will be just the same with 10 lakhs or 10 crore. God said, little by little, let me test you and see in the little, in your 
10,000. In your 20,000. We live in a world that teaches principles where you can achieve things quickly. Overnight fame. Overnight money. Let me tell you something. If anything happens overnight in your life, next morning, run. It will not stay with you. It will chase you down. It will kill you. Because it's not stable. Anything that grows too quick without a foundation is ready for a disaster. Somebody shout, stand firm. Stand you need a foundation. We need to build little by little. I want us to give quickly four things. You know, the hardest part of the race is not actually doing it, but getting to the starting line. We're all in a race. We need to get to the starting line. But the problem is that you set yourself big, 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 big goals. I'm going to do 100 push-ups a day. I'm going to go to the gym and work out, you know, for two hours nonstop or five hours. I did that. One day I just said to myself, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to hit the gym and I'm going to work as hard as I can. And the next day I was walking like a zombie. My, you know, my hand was just stuck here. We just do things too much, too big, and too quick. There's a book called Micro Habits. We talk about habits, and then there's micro habits. Micro habits helps us to take small steps towards our big goal. So what we need to do is that we need to shrink our goals one step at a time so that we will reach the goals that we have set one push up a day can we do that just one push up a day just get up and do you would be like embarrassed like if you can talk talk yourself out of one push up a day after that i can't help you i'm sorry i, I need to figure out a new series <laughs> like you'll be too embarrassed to do just one push up a day so it's a very ridiculously stupid small goal but set one push-up a day but while you go there for one push-up you look around and you're like hmm I'm here already I'm in the position I might as well do another five that is possible but when you think I'm gonna do hundred push-ups today but I just don't know when to start you won't start I'm gonna read five books in a month no 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 I'm gonna read one page a day you can be even ridiculous and go one paragraph a day while I'm reading this or in this page what is gonna happen the ending is usually in the next one so you turn another page I'm gonna read I'm gonna floss one tooth a day <laughs> while I'm flossing I might as well do the next one Small goes looks ridiculous. I'm going to read just one verse a day. One chapter a day. If you already moved on and you're reading five chapters a day, don't now shrink it to one chapter. That pastor said, pastor said one chapter. Why am I reading five every day? Gosh! 
No, if you've moved on from one to five, stick on to your five before you go to your 50 chapters a day. But start small. Shrink your goals. But before you shrink your goals, I need to give you four cautions before you shrink your goals. Number one is choose carefully. Don't shrink your keystone habits. Just to give a very simple keystone habit example is taking a bath. I've been taking seven days. You know, I've been taking shower seven days. Pastor said, just, just start with one. So don't go and say to yourself, I'm going to shrink my goal. So I'm going to take one bath a week. And then wondering, why is everybody social distancing with me still? Keystone habits remain keystone habits. Praying, reading God's word, things that you can't survive with. Keystone habits, stick to that. Don't shrink them. But the things that you want to achieve beyond, that you have set yourself a big goal, choose carefully and take small steps. Number two, spell it out specifically. What you want to achieve, write it down and write it down in bold letters. So that when you write it down in bold letters and you read it, you have a concrete plan, not just a vague idea. Many people love the concept of having a fit body, but they don't have a plan for workout. Many people have love the idea of walking into the promised land, but not ready to fight the battles that need to be fought. So they walk out. Because the idea of something looks great. The idea of marriage. Woo! I don't want to be single. I want to get married. I want to get to know. I want to live the life. But you are not investing into what you're going to be. Are you reading fatherhood books? Are you reading books about motherhood? I'm only 22. I can't do that. When do you want to get married? I want to be married by 25. No investment into your future. But you expect things to happen and you walk into your miracle and the right person will walk in and take you out wherever he's planning to take you out. We all love to walk into things. God is a, not a God where, you know, he just, you, Adam and Eve did not just walk into, they were created into. He spoke his word and it happened. He, it, the word did not slip out of his mouth. He intentionally spoke it because he's a God of principles. When we follow a God of principles, how is our life? Is it in alignment with his principles and the word? Spell it out. Have a concrete plan. Number three, 
track it diligently track it diligently if you're not keeping score you're just practicing <laughs> if you're not keeping score you're just practicing you don't pay a lot of money to go see your favorite players practice in the ground you want to see them play and when you're there you're doing what you're counting the scores you're tracking it that's what makes it interesting that's what gives you like okay we are heading somewhere or up or down whichever way but we are heading somewhere track your progress are you tracking your progress track it diligently keep score of it know what you're doing don't just have a vague thinking that oh I did that or oh, I did that track it we sang count your blessings name them one by one track it the more you track the blessing you see that the problems are actually less than the blessings that you already have in your life oh let me say that again the more you count your blessings you will realize that the problems you have is lesser than the blessing you have in your life track it diligently and when you do number one number two number three the fourth one is guard it aggressively don't let anyone talk you out of what God has promised you don't let any decisions that you have made and somebody speak and say that is just too small that is not going to make a difference don't let anyone talk you out of that guard it aggressively because God counts every single small steps that you're taking he said to the Israelites we're going to devour the land all the nations they're going to disappear but we're going to do it little by little one step at a time everything will not change in a day but everything will change daily 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 Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday come to Sunday worship God give him the praise know the blessing track it count it again go back to your Monday go back to your Tuesday even if it's the smallest of things that you are doing even if it's just you cleaning some tables even if it's just you doing some really normal ordinary mundane things that nobody is appreciating you there is no standing ovation keep at it keep doing it you see all these people so famous and everybody are in front of this reality you know in front of the live television if a boxing match is happening you know they are in front of the live television and hundreds and thousands of people are there cheering them but those people were not there cheering them when these guys were waking up 3 a.m. in the morning putting on their boxing gloves putting on their shoes getting out and running in pitch dark whether it's raining, it's cold, or it's hot, there's nobody running behind them. Thousand people, go, 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 Jose. Today, the problem is there's nobody to love me. 
There's nobody to encourage me. There's nobody to cheer for me. God is like, dude, I'm just waiting to run with you. I am waiting to cheer you. I am wait. Let's go. Let's do it together. Can you take one small step? Can you take one small step? Little by little. Because our God is awesome. He will help us. He's not standing by like a football coach and cheering us on. He's in the field with us. Because it's his game and it's his rules. He will play it with us. If we take a step of faith with him and get into the ground. You know what the promised land is? Not when everything is green and lush. When you step in faith into the battle, you, you're in the promised land. You're in the promised land. When you take a step of faith and step into your troubles, trusting God, you're in your promised land. Because it is those steps, that's where it's going to happen. That's, that's what is going to turn green and lush. Your everyday walk with God, that's what's going to turn into green and lush. It's not a destination. Living out the purpose every day. 